I would not wish this on my worst enemy. The pain would be just excruciating. People just think that a migraine is a really bad headache and it's, it, there's so much more to it than that. It's really nice to be able to say, is anybody else dealing with this today? I'm Dr. Larry Newman, and this is Season 2, Episode 7 of Move Against Migraine, a podcast by the American Migraine Foundation. Today's topic is pediatric migraine, and I'm joined by Dr. Amy Gelfand from the University of California in San Francisco. We'll be covering how to explain migraine to your children and what parents can do to help them manage their migraine symptoms. Welcome, Dr. Gelfand. Can you just tell us? A little bit about yourself and where you're from? Yes, I'm Dr. Amy Gelfand. I direct the Child and Adolescent Headache Program at University of California, San Francisco. We've been talking to other clinicians about migraine, but most of the time we've been speaking about migraine in adults. We talk about stigma and we try to combat stigma from the American Migraine Foundation, but do you see stigma being a big issue in children? Absolutely. I think that it is everywhere in the um, pediatric migraine world, um, it is rare that I see a kid or a teenager where before they came to our pediatric headache program, they they hadn't yet had a, a provider say something like, oh, it's all in your head or you're just trying to get out of school or um, other things that are extremely stigmatizing. And it can be hard to... Um, rebuild a, a teenager's trust in the medical system when, when they've already experienced that. And so um, I think it's pervasive, unfortunately. And um, one of the things I, I really try to remember to do is to reassure the patient and their family that they are in the right place, that we care about headache, we care about migraine, we care about people and families who are dealing with this. And um, they, they've come to the right place. So with that said, and that was a wonderful response to my question, can you paint the picture for the audience? How common is migraine? What is the prevalence of migraine in, in children? Migraine is very common in children. By age 10, the prevalence of migraine is approximately 5%. So that means that by fourth grade, there is on average a child with migraine in every classroom across the country. And chronic migraine, the most difficult form of migraine, affects about half a percent of elementary school age children and about 2% of adolescents, so about 1 in 50 adolescents. So it's a very common neurologic disease in these age groups. My practice is mostly adults. I have some adolescents in my practice, but most of my patients, truthfully, are adults. And it's quite common for a, a patient to say to me, how do I know if my kid has migraine? Is it, what do I look for? Does it look like my migraines? Yeah, sometimes migraine can look different in younger patients. Um, and sometimes it, it does look a little bit different than what the parent experiences. So it depends a little bit, I think, on the age of the child. If they're really young, we might be looking more at their behavior. Are they stopping their play and laying down and looking kind of pale? They don't want to eat. They might throw up and just want to pull the covers up over their head and, and not do anything. For teenagers who might be looking more like a bit of a hybrid between what a child might look like with migraine and what an adult might look like with migraine, they might have more... Um, irritability because they're they're trying to 
function and, and still trying to be being independent is such an important thing for teenagers. And so when they're experiencing migraine, they've, they're having a really difficult time, but they don't necessarily always want help from, from their parents. So um, they might be acting in a really irritable way or um, having trouble focusing. And um, it might come out a little bit more in their behavior and their interaction style. I see in my own practice, adult patients struggle to try and tell me what the pain feels like, what, their, what the associated features are like, how these migraines affect their life. How do you have a conversation like that with a child? I would say, I think that kids are fantastic historians, actually. And um, I think sometimes they don't get enough credit. When I ask a kid a, a question, you know, um, when you're having a headache, do lights bother you? They answer that. They, they answer it clearly. And... Um, they don't necessarily try to bring in a different narrative or, or go off on a tangent. They just give a really crystal clear answer. And so I'm often impressed, even with six or seven-year-olds, how much of a really direct history they can provide. But um, sometimes we'll, we'll draw pictures, and the, um, the little crinkly exam table paper is great for this, where I can hand them a pen and they can start drawing what they feel like when they have a headache. Um, it's a really handy resource to be able to do that. And sometimes with younger ones, that can be helpful. But I think kids get not enough credit for how much of a history they really can provide. I guess you have to ask the right questions. Yeah, I think maybe they need the questions um, clear, clearly delivered, but, um, but they're really pretty good at, at answering them. I'm sure any parent listening to this podcast would love some help in how to explain migraine to their children. Can you help us model that conversation for a parent? Yeah, so um, migraine means that your brain is wired up to be more sensitive to stimuli than somebody who doesn't have migraine. And that happens both when you're having symptoms and even potentially in between when you're having symptoms. So um, whether that's stimuli that are coming from outside your body, like light, sound, um, or things that are coming from inside your body, your own perception of your body's movement or signals that your other parts of your body are sending up to your brain, those things are coming through to your brain in a really amplified way compared to how they would be perceived by someone who doesn't have migraine. And that can be challenging. That can mean that, that events that might be really everyday events to somebody else can be overwhelming or, or, or too much for, for somebody who has migraine. Um, one of the one of the examples I like to give to people is, you know, if I asked you right now to think about what your shirt feels like on your left shoulder, you can focus in and feel that perception on your skin. But 99.9% of the time, your brain is just filtering out that information because it's not relevant. And that's how most of the information is being handled most of the time by most of our brains. But when migraine is active, that filtering isn't working right. And all of that information, whether it's coming from outside the body or inside the body, is being allowed to come up without appropriate filtering, and it can be really overwhelming. That, that's, that's a great answer. You know, no parent wants to see, and I can tell you personally, no parent wants to see their kids struggle. So what advice do you have for parents trying to help children manage their migraine? One of the things that I think can be really helpful is trying to connect with other parents who are going through something similar. We have a migraine teen camp that 
uh, where we get together teens and parents of teens who are going through similar things because I think it can be so isolating and scary to feel like you're the only parent going through this and your child is the only child going through this and so connecting with other parents who have children going through a similar situation I think can be enormously helpful and powerful. Um, another thing that can be helpful is trying to let, especially for teenagers and, and older teenagers, trying to let them direct care a bit and interact with their providers as, as much as they can and celebrating the things that they can do. Sometimes, and I totally understand this as a parent, I think it's it's natural to focus on the things that migraine is taking away, but to try to focus on the things that your child still is able to do and to really celebrate those things can be helpful. So let me build on that last answer. I see parents and I hear from parents tell, telling me their kids are so disabled by these attacks that they can't go to school. And they don't want them to go to school. They want to keep them home because they want them in a nurturing environment. Do you tell the patient to keep, do you tell the parent that's a great idea? No. I think that it's really understandable when your child is in pain to want to just keep them at home and snuggle them and, and protect them from everything. But um, unfortunately, I think that that doesn't necessarily help them and doesn't necessarily help their brain recover and, and try to um, retune itself to be able to, to tolerate uh, stimuli in a more typical fashion. Or I think it is really important to, to get out of the house and to, to go to school for at least some portion of the day. And so instead of something like home hospital instruction or homebound instruction, I really favor accommodations. And as many accommodations as we can possibly get with the school district, the, the more the better. But um, whether that's a later school start time or um, taking an hour off in between active classes, resting in, in the nurse's office or something of that nature. Thank you. you. You've painted this wonderful picture about migraine in children, but clearly migraine doesn't just affect the kid. It affects all of those people with the kid. Can you tell us how the family as a whole is affected and also, how can they work together to create a migraine-friendly environment and support someone living with migraine? Mm -hmm. I think that it, um, it does affect the whole family. And the population that I think that I most often overlook and maybe in research we most often overlook is the um, impact that, that migraine can have on the patient's siblings who maybe don't get enough, enough time and, and attention from the rest of the family because the, their sick sibling is, is needing so much. But... Um, it can be really hard, I think, on the whole family, and and so I think um, you know, giving everybody a little bit of grace and saying, um, you know, we can we can do those events later. We can we can do it when we are able to do it. It doesn't have to be today. Um, all of these events are a marathon, not a sprint, and. Um, none of us is going to do things right all of the time and being very forgiving and patient with ourselves and with our family members i think can be helpful i've been joined by dr amy gelfand today to discuss all things pediatric migraine dr gelfand thanks for all your insights thank you for having me Season two of Move Against Migraine, a podcast by the American Migraine Foundation, is made possible by our generous sponsors, Amgen and Teva.